0: Hello, hello there, life-changing coaches. It's so good to see you. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to have a really impactful and important discussion, and I know a lot of you guys are really excited about it. We're going to be talking about the language we use within the fitness industry around disordered eating and eating disorders and all the things. We're going to be having this with Christine Conti. And Carly and I'm accepting them in right now. Hello, Christine. Hello, hello. So good to see you. And hello, Carly. Good to
1: see you, Hi. See, Carly, you can add more than one person to an Instagram
2: Live.
0: Yeah. Who knew? So.
2: Thank you, ladies. Yeah.
0: Makes you guys small and me really big, which I was trying to do on purpose. But <laughs> Carly, tell us your last name, please. Taylor. Taylor, thank you. That was easy. <laughs> so, ladies, you both look beautiful today. I'm going to introduce the show very quickly and then I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves and let's get started. People are really excited about this topic. It was when I put it out there, I got so many comments and messages saying, This is so important. Thank you for talking about it. So, I really want to dive in and we'll go as long as we need to go today. So, I'm Kelly Coulter. This is the Fit Pros Show live on Instagram. Um, I have been a fitness instructor for too long, nineteen ninety-four, since nineteen ninety-four, and I've had the Gregory Fitness Business Group on Facebook since two thousand and eight, if you can believe that. And so these days I coach fitness instructors and personal trainers and I help them go from gym employee to thriving entrepreneur. I come on live every Thursday at 3 o'clock here on Instagram to talk about important topics like this with industry experts and thought leaders because I certainly don't know as much as I should and we've got great topics like this we need to discuss. So, Christine, if you could give us just a a little intro to who you are and then we'll go Carly and let's get started. So,
1: my name is Christine Conti for those of you who don't know me and the most important thing that both Carly and I are going to tell you today is that both of us are eating disorder survivors, and when you know you think about both of us have been in the fitness industry for quite a long time and have been presenting you know internationally um, for different programs and My main focus now is for chronic disease and arthritis. And that is, you know, one of my, you know, big, you know, I guess platforms right now, working with medical fitness and how to best educate people about chronic diseases and how we should be keeping moving. And what's interesting is that people don't realize that one chronic disease is eating disorders. And that is something that sometimes people don't realize.
2: That you think Mm
1: -hmm. of cancer, you think of Parkinson's, you think of Alzheimer's, but you may not be thinking of, you know, and even obesity, but you may not be thinking of um, alcoholism and, and disordered eating. And today, Carly and I are going to talk a bit about what is going on in the fitness industry and what, you know, what we may be doing as fitness professionals that are either helping or harming our clients, but Mm -hmm. not just clients, you know, and Carly, I'm gonna have you jump in and talk about yourself in a second, but we don't even understand sometimes that what we're saying may have a negative effect on the people around us, whether they are friends, family, coworkers, clients, Um, And the fitness industry has really brushed this topic under the rug. And we are not registered dietitians, and we are not psychologists. We are people with a hell of a lot of experience with battling disordered eating and eating disorders and the behaviors that go along with it. We are very good at seeing things that other people may not see. And Mm. it's something that is not spoken about, and it needs to start now. Very good.
0: Good stuff. Carly, jump in. Give us a little little bit, first of all, to who you are and your background. Well.
2: The most important thing about me for the, our purposes today is that I am an eating disorder survivor, um, survived anorexia, binge eating disorder, and exercise bulimia. I have been in the industry for just as long as you have. I think I started teaching in 1995, um, and I've pretty much done everything in the industry from corporate fitness, personal training, group fitness. And you know, I used to think that having an eating disorder was something that I needed to hide because how could I be a fitness professional and have this skeleton in my closet? And I realized over the years, probably about 10 years ago, that actually I have not succeeded in this industry in spite of my eating disorder. I've succeeded in this industry because of my eating disorder. And I think things like that need to be shared and people need to hear it because I know from talking to Christine and a lot of other people in the industry, so many of us who do this for a living have been suffering in silence for a very long time mm. and just because we're in front of a class or in front of a client or in front of a camera doesn't mean we have it all together all the time and i think it's important Amen to, to that. Know. <laughs> yeah right it's important to share that we're human and it it i think it helps our clients our students to relate to us a little bit more it's not a, a shameful thing to say i suffered from these things it's actually, I'm really proud to say that I I went through these things and I survived and here I am to share it with you and maybe help prevent you from going through a lot of the stuff that I did. So, mm, so Christine good. said that no one's been talking about this. And I, I think that's a big reason why. I think there's so much shame involved, especially people in this industry, industry who are like, how can I call myself a fitness professional if... I'm struggling with body dysmorphia, if I'm mm-hmm. struggling with exercise bulimia. I think that's important to get out there.
1: I'm gonna jump in for a second and Kelly tell you and tell all the listeners um, how this came about because I think, <laughs> that, I, th- I think that that is a really just kind of an important piece of the puzzle when, you know, when Carly and I got together. So we met actually at a conference We were presenting for various, you know, companies and programs. And, you know, it's just kind of a, a fluke that we, you know, we were talking and, and I always say some of the best, some of the best ideas and some of the best connections you have sometimes are, are just sitting, you know, maybe it's a glass of wine, maybe it's a glass of water, I don't care. But we were talking and we kind of both, I don't, you know, it was just kind of like we fell upon the subject of realizing that we both. Have gone through some disordered eating eating disorders and and it's almost like you feel like comfort in wow okay that's really cool that we're able to share this with one another and Mm -hmm. we started looking around at the schedules of you know of what sessions and and what education was being offered to fitness professionals and we noticed that occasionally there would be a, a registered dietitian or a nutritionist that would talk about eating disorders and pretty much just give information. This is what this is. This is what this does, you know, and that's great. It's fantastic. But there were no fitness professionals talking about, hmm, what does it look like? What, what does it look like for our client? What do we say to someone that we think may be suffering or going through disordered eating patterns? How, how, you know, and and what was happening is we're looking around and saying, no one is saying anything because they're afraid to say the wrong thing or lose a client because if I say something and they get angry and then they don't want to come back and train and then so what was happening is people were saying nothing. And I think there was a point where Carly and I sat back and said saying nothing is not okay. And mm-hmm. if we're going to be the people that I don't know, God whoever you believe in chose to speak through and to disrupt these secrets in the name of saving lives, then so be it.
0: Mhm. So good. And so um you guys have been working on on some programming around disordered eating, as well as starting to speak about it. And that's all fairly recent, correct?
2: Yeah. We just launched with the MedFit Network uh, certification, actually mm-hmm. a workshop called Eating Disorders, What Fit Pros Need to Know. And yes, Ooh, so we go bad. through and talk about the basics of all the different eating disorders or the more, more common ones. But then we try to put a face to all of those behaviors, all of those disorders and talk about mm-hmm. what it looks like, what people go through and how we as fitness professionals can help people not hinder their progress.
0: Mm, so good. And
2: I know we're going to be covering
0: a few of those things today. Um, so as I was talking to Carly pre-show, we kind of outlined the big three that we want to hit. And the first one was around naming classes, programs, challenges, contests. Let's talk about naming and why it
1: matters. Carly, I will, um, this is one of my favorite things to play with Carly. And mm. what I want to share with you, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw out some names. Maybe you've heard of them. Carly, and maybe you could tell me and tell our listeners what you think may be wrong with these names, okay? So a little game. Yeah. The first class that I just came across, um, I actually sent this to you last week. We play this game back and forth because we see a lot in the industry. And one of the classes was Muffin Blast. Carly, is there a problem with that name?
2: I mean, there's so many problems with that name. But for me, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of muffins, so I'm not quite sure. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. Does it mean they throw muffins at you? (laughs) Right, because I'm in. I am totally in if that's the case. But anytime you're referring to somebody's body with something that's funny, funny, right? Or trying to be cheeky, no pun intended, I was asked to teach a class called butts and guts. I mean it's better than muffin blast, but
0: <laughs> So when we're talking about naming a class and we're talking about it it sounds like the food issue is a little bit of a problem and just the cheekiness in general
2: is a little bit of a, a problem. Tell me why. And the connotation, because what is someone saying mm-hmm. when they're talking about a muffin blast, right? It's that term muffin top, right? That little bit of skin that maybe sticks out of the top of your yoga pants is the muffin top, right? And every single person has at least one pair of pants that makes that happen to their body. That's not something I was watching,
0: uh, I was doing Les Mills On Demand the other day and the girls, her yoga pants were just like a half of a size too small. And she's on Les Mills. She's obviously super, super fit. A little bit of a wrinkle. And
2: sometimes it's just skin. It's just It just happens, and it's not something that we need to blast off of our body. We don't need to remove it from our body, and that's the connotation that the title Muffin Blast has. Um, And, yeah, the food reference is also a problem.
1: You've had two, or, you know, I've had two kids. I mean, many people out there right now listening, you've had kids. Your skin stretches. I mean, it's elasticity, loss of collagen, all of this. Embrace it. And we've been taught, like that title, to be ashamed of it, to be ashamed of what we look like. You know what, we should wear that like a freaking, you know, stripes that we've earned in our life. And we're taught to be shameful of it and to be secretive about it. And um, the next thing that I want to share is, uh, all right, so maybe Muffin Blast is kind of, maybe it's fun or funny. However, um, let's take it a little bit more serious now. So class titles, um, names, and what about the very famous, we love to talk about, the turkey burn around Thanksgiving? Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? I mean, it seems like it's not
2: bad. Yeah, I knew that's where you were going this time. So a turkey trot, I am cool with a turkey trot because I don't know, maybe you're trotting because you want to get to the turkey dinner, or maybe you're trotting because you're a turkey and you just want to escape Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know. But turkey burn suggests that we need to negate the calories that we're taking in. It suggests that exercise is a tool to negate the nutrition that we put in our bodies. Why do we need to do that? Mm-hmm. It kind of takes the joy away from the
0: celebration, which is something we are all guilty of doing to ourselves as type A's and fitness professionals, let alone um, just as normal people out there trying to enjoy
2: Thanksgiving. Oh, absolutely. As if family celebrations aren't stressful enough, right? You have to think about how many calories you're putting in your face and how many whatever that equates to miles or minutes on the stair climber. And that goes into not just class names, but when you're talking to a client and they say something like, oh, I overindulged last night and we need to work out extra hard because I need to get rid of all of those calories.
0: As if you could really, sorry, I've got a call coming in, as if you could really negate, you know, a whole pizza by running. I, I was having that conversation with my sister recently. She she was working out with me and we did a nice tough workout. And then she looked at her watch and she said, that's all the calories I burn. I said, you don't do this to like negate an, a, an ice cream cone. You do this because you want to live longer and because you want to feel great. And yes, some extra muscle may burn some extra calories, but if you're doing it from that standpoint, you can't ever out-exercise a bad fork. So it's just not, it's not reasonable. It's not a reasonable expectation to put out there.
2: No, and you shouldn't, You shouldn't feel like you have to punish yourself for enjoying something, Mm, right? So if you go to enjoy an ice cream, women we take our celebrations from ourselves. And just if you want an ice cream cone, you should have it and you should enjoy it. And you shouldn't be calculating in your head how much you have to exercise in order to get rid of it. You should understand that you deserve to fuel your body with food that you enjoy. And if sometimes that's an ice cream cone, or pizza, or a pop tart. Then so be it.
0: A pop tart. Oh my goodness! No, When's the last time I ate a pop tart? I would love that. Oh,
2: like yesterday. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna tell you guys something. Speaking of food, I'm on day fifty nine of seventy five hard, and I've started dreaming about Racy's cups and margaritas.
1: Okay. <laughs> so all right, let's let's dive into this, Carly. Are you ready? Okay, so we are about to stir the pot a whole bunch. And as fitness professionals, what you're doing, we're against it. Oh,
0: 75 hard?
1: That's okay. and (laughs) We can talk about it. It's fine. Not not because of the exercise that goes into it. It's because of the restriction. Mm -hmm. And... There's a lot of programs out there that are going to claim and and I've I've disrupted a lot of feathers and I've said it and, and it's OK. I own it. Um, there's a million different programs out there. There's you know, whether you're selling, you know, shakes or pills or potions or whatnot. For fitness professionals, we get sucked into this sometimes because, oh, we can have extra money or extra income or whatnot. And what happens is that these programs, we're, tr- we're literally talking to our clients sometimes about restricting food, about mm-hmm. fasting, about, you know, getting rid of whole groups of food,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and saying that we're doing this in the name of health. What are we doing? We're setting them up for disordered mm-hmm. eating patterns. And we're setting them up for feeling bad about themselves and Mm -hmm. people that have even had a teeny bit of eating disorders or disordered eating patterns in their life are so susceptible Mm -hmm. to these, you know, MLNs or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people always, again, people are always trying to Christine, take this, take this, take Mm -hmm. this. And I, you know, people get mad at me because I won't push shakes or things like that. Because for me, if you tell me only eat a shake, I would spiral (laughs) spiral out of Mm -hmm. control because it's like giving a margarita to an alcoholic. It's Yeah, you know, because now it's like Christine, you can only eat this and I'd be Mm -hmm. like, Okay, I would only eat that. Yeah. Okay, for me to respond. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So 75 hard is not any of that stuff. It's, it's a totally different thing. It's a mental discipline thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it has to do with just having a bunch of things you have to do in your day. And for me, it's about, um, getting better about organizing my day, getting, getting more mentally tough and disciplined. So it, yes, lots of people do use it because they see people put pictures on, social media where they've lost 15 pounds 20 pounds they've got a rock hard body that is not why i i did it at all and i completely agree with you it can spiral some people i needed to follow a program that somebody else wrote because i do so much of my own thing and i i felt like i needed to have this period of time where i'm kind of following somebody else's lead and, and I needed them. And I know you saw me like day three or four of seventy five (laughs) five hearts you know, all the reasons. Yes. With the restrictive programs and the things that we get sold as fitness professionals, I think that there, there are lots of problems with some of those things And, and some of them are great. I do have clients who are using them with their clients, really successfully and in healthful ways. The problem is that that's not always the case.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's with anything in fitness, right? What works for me might not work for Christine, and what works for Christine might not work for Kelly. And understanding that is Mm -hmm. part of the key to this, right? And just because something works for me doesn't mean that I should recommend it to my clients because maybe they do have a predisposition for an eating disorder. Maybe they are struggling with some body dysmorphia or just uh, some binge eating disorder or on the verge of orthorexia. And if I tell someone who, for instance, is on the verge of orthorexia, I tell them that they need to measure their food and put it into certain containers for the next 30 days. How do you think that's gonna end? So it's really hard as fitness professionals suggesting these things to our clients. On the flip Mm -hmm. side, someone who knows their body, knows their limitations, knows their abilities, and chooses a program specifically for specific reasons, Mm -hmm. that is perfectly fine because it's someone taking agency over themselves, over their own decisions, like you did. You said, I need this for X, Y, and Z. I'm going to take agency. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I work with a trainer because I won't train myself. I know what to do. I'm not going to do it. I want someone else to write a program and put me through it. So I totally... (laughs) respect and understand that as trainers though it's not our job to say or as group fitness instructors it's not our job to say here's the shake drink this three times a day here's this workout program you do this every day and you will get what kind of a body christine oh no a A bikini body, a beach body. You could get a bikini body,
1: a perfect body, (laughs) an ideal body. I mean, you could put
0: any adjectives. Yeah. You're reminding me of that meme of the little girl that she's a chubby little girl and she's drinking a juice box. Have you seen this? No. She's in a little bathing suit. She's at the pool and it says, The beach going to get whatever body I give it. (laughs)
2: Oh, I love it. And that's exactly our answer. Like, what does a beach body look like? It's any body that's on the beach. What does a bikini body look like? It's any human body that puts a bikini on. But we have these standards in our head that, over time, have just been the norm. And Mm -hmm. that norm, in quotations, goes to body shape and size, right? Mm -hmm. So, on the same vein of class naming or class titles. I saw it not too long ago and i haven't even talked to you about this one christine yoga for bigger bodies oh and it said and the description was like you know taught by a larger bodied woman for larger body people and i'm like larger than what bigger than hmm. who
1: right. like who
2: decides what the because is it for people Large. bigger than me or is it for people
0: bi- like And, you know, for me, so I've always been um, someone who, you know, I'm like a 10, I I have been a 12 for a long time, like, I'm the thickest person in a room a lot of the times when I'm teaching. And so to say larger body, like to me, that would feel so with the issues I've carried my whole life, that would feel so shameful. These days, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, heck,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it can have, it can have so many different effects, right? So Mm -hmm. for instance, someone who is a plus size, perhaps they Mm -hmm. say, oh, either a great, this is a class for me or B, I'm not going to go to this class because it's going to label me as a bigger body. Mm -hmm. And then what if you have someone who is a size zero, who's struggling with body dysmorphia and in her mind, she is a bigger body. I mean, we see
1: that, that.
2: And she goes to that class and someone says, I'm sorry, this class isn't for you. Oh, can you imagine? But that's those are the things mm-hmm. that are happening. And yeah. and a lot of times they're happening because people think that they have the right idea, right? They're, these mm-hmm. aren't happening because people have bad intentions. They're happening because people do want to help and people do have good intentions, but they're not realizing what the impact can be.
0: Well, you know what this really speaks to is the the
2: third point that we wanted to get to, Mm -hmm. which is
0: the assumption that everybody is there for something about the way their body looks. Mm -hmm. So what, what we said is that don't always assume that people are there to lose weight. But the fact is, why do we have to say anything about the size of your body or the way that your body looks when we know from studies, from selling ourselves that um, people aren't there to lose weight. That's just not the truth of the matter. They're there for longevity. They're there for energy. If they were there to lose weight, there are
1: better ways to do it than working out. Uh, there's, there's so many parts of this to, to unpack. Um, the first thing, I actually want to go back for a second. And you mentioned, Carly was talking a little bit about orthorexia Um, and I think this ties into, you know, who wants to lose weight and why people are there and what they're working out about. And as fitness professionals, we need to understand that we are not medical professionals, that we are there to assess their body, to look at their kinetic chain, to help them with strength, with flexibility, with balance. We there are, are five components there. to fitness, right. not just one. We are not there. They are not in our class or hiring us to give them nutritional medical advice. Period. The end. So when you know when someone comes up and asks you, a fitness professional, you know what what do you eat? What 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 do you recommend? Well, personally, at, right now, as an endurance athlete, I eat a lot more carbs because my body needs them. If you were to eat the exact same thing that I did, it may not work for you because you're different. Everyone's different. Your body's different. You're training differently. And the one thing I like to say is, okay, very basic. Eat some fruits, eat your vegetables, make sure you get them in during the day, drink your water, you know, eat foods with less ingredients, less you know, saturated fats and the basics. That's what we have the ability to say. And Carly mentioned orthorexia, which I wanna make sure that everybody knows what this is. And this is something that, you know, we always think eating disorder, you think of like restricting food, not eating, you know, the anorexia or the binge and purge of bulimic people. Orthorexia is the absolute obsession with eating health like healthy foods. These are the people that will not take food that's cooked or made by anyone else cuz they don't know every single ingredient. They're bringing their own food to a restaurant. They are completely avoiding and getting rid of various food groups because oh that 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 food group causes cancer. This food group causes, you know, um Heart attacks, this food group, So now what, what are you left with? And you're doing it in the name of health. So it's this just obsession where it starts to take over the rest of your life. It ruins relationships. You stop going out places. You're eating on a schedule that if you miss, you know, you're 15 minutes late, your whole day's ruined because you're you missed your avocado, you know, at 7.15 in the morning and now that's it, you're off. Um, so that's really important just to keep in the back of your mind as fitness professionals of, you know, this is a thing. And as you see s- social media, you see just in general, marketing is targeting you. Um, Carly mentioned before, like putting food in little containers and boxes and, and whatnot, and you can only eat that. And if you mess up your, this is, this is a real thing.
2: How um, common is
1: that? Very
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really common. It's becoming more and more common, um, honestly, since the pandemic, since um, lockdowns, and it's not just something now that's in the US um, because so many people were obsessed with being healthy and it had nothing to do with weight, Mm -hmm. right? But it had to do with orthorexia can go as far as eating these things to improve your immune system, Mm -hmm. Um, taking in ridiculous amounts of vitamin C so you're actually killing your digestive system. Um, all of those things are thinking that you're Thinking that yeah. you're
0: improving your immunity.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's a type of orthorexia. Christine mentioned someone who's trying to prevent cancer. I mean, you can go on the internet and find out every single food that you've ever eaten in your entire life causes cancer, right? Mm-hmm. So the more research you do, you have to really look at who's putting the research out there and, and how in-depth that research is. But if people are just surface reading, you're going to limit almost everything from your diet Mm -hmm. and the one thing that Christine said that I wanted to go back to that really references every single eating disorder that there is is that obsession like dieting restricting calories doesn't necessarily mean you're anorexic throwing up after a meal not healthy but doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bulimic when these behaviors take over your life become your first priority, overtake your job, your relationships, everything else becomes second. That's characteristic of an eating disorder. That's how serious those things are. And I don't think that many people realize that.
0: So at the end of the day, what
2: is our responsibility
0: as a fitness professional and what is outside of our responsibility or it's- Scope of practice.
2: Yeah, our scope of practice. We're here to teach movement, right? We Mm. teach movement. We tell people what to do, where and when. That's it. We teach movement. We help form. We give exercise programming, and outside of that, it's our ethical responsibility to refer out, to have a list Mm -hmm. of mental health professionals, have a list of eating disorder resources, have a list of dietitians, therapists nutritionists things like that that we can say hey i can't help you with that i'm here to listen to you and to help support you through it but we need someone else on our team Mm -hmm. this is who i would recommend Mm. and carly Mm
1: -hmm. so let's pretend that you are we i love this my favorite game so carly is the trainer (laughs) i am the client carly thinks that you know listen, I've been talking a lot about you know what i'm going on a I'm going on a cleanse every day you know i I feel like you know Carly, I just feel like i i don't know, I feel so fat and my stomach is like hanging over something like I really want to lose like another fifteen pounds, and so Carly now is like wow she's it's over and over and over again I'm talking you know self deprecating words to myself. Carly, how do you bring that up to me without saying, you have an eating disorder. What's wrong with mm. you? Or just eat a <laughs> yeah. cheeseburger, Christine.
0: Oh, this is, this is good, though. This is so important.
1: How, like, what are you going to say to me? Because you obviously see something's wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different pieces to that. First, when, you, when a client starts to really beat themselves up and talk about that self-beat stuff, right? Like I'm disgusting, I'm so fat, my clothes are too tight, my stomach's hanging, whatever it happens to be. It's really easy for a client to say, oh no, you're fine, right? Or that's not true, you look great or you look wh- whatever it is. My response is typically, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. That makes me sad that you feel that way. Has something happened to make you start feeling so poorly about yourself, and are you mm-hmm. talking to somebody about it
1: mm.
0: okay so so you said a few things there you said um, so they're they're talking they're saying things that are um, are self deprecating in a way that makes you feel like it's really becoming a problem and taking over their life and you look for that opportunity to just say, I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. And maybe even a little empathy, like that must, that must be painful. Mm-hmm. Are, you and then okay? are you talking to someone about it? Yeah.
2: Are you okay? And are you talking to somebody? Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy for us to, to blow it off, right? And say you look great or to kind of say, I think you have a problem. And or saying think- you
0: look great is never going to make someone feel like they look great. No. No, Oh
1: let's get into this. Let's get into we have to get into you look great before we before we end. I I think this is so powerful and if you know, if we're gonna leave like a a big nugget with all of your listeners, Kelly, it's the whole idea of you look great. And I guarantee that probably everybody that's listening, including all of us, have said this to someone. Mm -hmm. You look great. Right? You haven't seen someone for a while, or, mm-hmm. or could be a client, anyone. You look great. Now, it should be positive, right? Carly said before, you know, intent versus impact.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's your intent? You look great. Uh, you, I'm giving you a compliment. Take it. You look great. That's the intent. I want you to feel good. What could be the impact, though? And mm. I know that I've many got a of lot us, to say about this, actually. Right. Many of us have had the "you look great." Well, those of us that have been eating disorder survivors, what does that mean? I mean, when mm-hmm. when someone to this day is like, you look great, I flash back to when someone said, you look great, and I th- would always think, oh, I must've put on weight because I didn't, you you thought I looked terrible when I was too thin, but that I thought looked good. But now I'm w- mm-hmm. you get these crazy voices in your head that, you have this self doubt, and it could really be something triggering to people. Mm-hmm. And what's important is that some people say, you know, but people are just too sensitive. Well, listen, if you're a bride and you're getting married, and someone says, you look great, like, That's okay, cool. you just spent yeah. hours doing your hair and makeup, you've thousands of dollars on this dress you're right. I want every single person to say you look great. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. It's yeah, there's it's a time a, and a place, right? There's a different impact
2: mm-hmm. for,
1: for that saying Yeah. Somebody and, gets
2: dressed up and they're going to an event and they, you know, put on some fancy clothes and whatever. You, you look great. Did and like so some cool. immediate work. Yeah. And that's that's a totally different story, but there's so many ways that you look great could land in a not so great way. Like maybe mm-hmm. um, I had the flu, right? And I had the flu and I lost 10 pounds. And I see <sighs> Maybe you just went through like, 75 hard, which isn't the
0: healthiest program in the world. And you lost 10 pounds and everybody's telling you, you look great and you know, my body is so freaking tired. I'm so mm-hmm. over it. It's not, a, the outward is not a reflection of necessarily right. what's happening. <laughs>
2: And they're reinforcing sometimes poor behavior. You know, they're reinforcing mm-hmm. beating yourself up. They're reinforcing overtraining. They're reinforcing all of these things that they know nothing about. So mm-hmm. the challenge that we try to present to people is when you see someone that you haven't seen in a while, instead of saying, "Hey, look, you look great," and say, "I'm so happy to see you."
0: Oh, I like it.
2: Yeah, so I would great like in, it's too
1: great to see you. Is the other thing that and before you start Kel, is you are, if you say you look great, you are putting, you are passing judgment on someone. You are putting your judgment on them. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you say to someone, it's great to see you. I own that. I am not putting any judgment on you. And when we speak as fitness instructors, just like we said today, words matter what Mm. you say to someone. Mm -hmm. And You know, even if someone did lose weight, it's not our, it's not for us to be like, oh, you look, you lost weight. You look great. No, it's our job to say, wow, Mm -hmm. you're lifting heavier weights. You're getting stronger. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, you have so much more flexibility now than you did. You're telling me you feel so much better, you know, from every part of your life. You know, I'm so proud of you. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not a physical judgment that we should be giving. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge mistake that all fitness professionals, I still believe, you know, need to work on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'll, I'll dig in on that from another perspective. And, and that is that, uh, I was raised with a grandpa that every time I would walk in a room, he would make a comment on whether or not I was fat or thin. And so now when someone says looks like you've lost weight or looks like whatever. Yeah. There is a whole set of baggage that comes along that you mm-hmm. could not possibly know about
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of that comment. So, <laughs> so yeah, just, just something to kind of keep in mind that that that's true for every single one of us. There's a whole yep. set of baggage that comes with you look fat or you look thin, Or, it it goes both ways. I I've had friends who were sick for a long time and were really thin, and were so tired of people commenting on how thin they were, thinking they were giving them a compliment.
2: Yep. Or you look healthy. The worst thing you can say to someone who's an anorexic who's going through therapy is you look healthy, because what does that say in their mind?
0: Mm, See, I would be guilty of that. I would I would say that, thinking that it's a compliment.
2: Yeah, and what speaking from experience. The first thing you think of is, oh my God, I must have gained so much weight. Yeah. And why is the comment at all? And right? meanwhile,
1: <laughs> it what's I was I was actually talking on an interview recently about looking at pictures and looking back at pictures of yourself. Find a picture of yourself where you were happy. Like where you were genuinely in a good place and What's really interesting is that I've done this a bunch of times in my life as well, and I'll look back and remember thinking to myself, "I didn't care whatsoever about food or eating there was no i didn't even i didn't even think about like, oh what do I have to eat? What do I have to do? I need to exercise today i need to there was no anxiety, there was no you know preoccupation with food and eating it wasn't even a thought mm-hmm. and What's interesting is, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't judge this person and say, oh, they're fat, they're thin, they're this, they're that. It's, they're happy mm-hmm. and they feel good. That is something, you know, when we talk about being a, a fitness professional, whether, you know, Carly said before, not everybody is there for losing weight. Some people come to your class cuz they're trying to gain weight or muscle or strength. But the most important thing is that mentally it's your mindset. I mean, what we're talking about today is behavior. I mean, it, disordered eating, eating disorder is behavior. As we said, we are not psychologists, we're not, you know, going to be giving you behavior modification, but we're giving you, you know, the Just kind of think about this. Think about Mm -hmm. what you say before you say it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Carly, will you give a really quick um, intro to the You Look Great movie?
2: Oh, yeah. So um, we were really, um, really excited to be able to share a short film by a fellow eating disorder survivor. Um, It's called You Look Great. And it's actually publicly available now. So anybody can Google it. The um, producer, director, writer, and star of it. His name is uh, Justin Andrew Davis. And um, I'm going to have to tag him in this. But the movie is phenomenal. It's like 30 minutes. And first of all, it talks about a guy, a straight guy with an eating disorder. Like, people don't believe that that happens. A successful straight guy who looks like a normal guy that you would see walking down the street. And it's, um, I don't want to give too much away, but it really shows what goes on in the mind of an eating disordered person. And it really gives the eating disorder, let's say, a persona.
0: Similar to what they did in that that show Physical on Apple. Did you guys watch that? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about, a, it's about a fitness instructor in the 80s. And it starts off just showing her internal dialogue. She's berating herself because she's got a zit. She's berating herself because she's old. I think she's like thirty. You
1: <laughs> have to check this out.
0: Super super thin. I'm and writing it down. One the of place. the characters in the show is really her binge eating disorder. She will go to the bank because it's the '80s, so you had to go to the bank and get cash, and then she'll go and buy all these hamburgers go into a hotel room, get naked, eat all the hamburgers in front of the mirror, throw up, and then go home to her husband. It's yep. terrible. It's, it's you know, it, it really shows the trauma that she's going through. And the internal dialogue is almost a character in the show. Yeah, it, it's a good show. I, I like it.
1: I talk about it all the time in the group.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They're about I to come to up with something too
1: and that's it adds out that to the queue carly yes. i just wrote it down well yeah and i'm
0: gonna watch you look great it's so funny that we were talking about um
2: about you look great and then there's
0: this it really shows the power of that statement for and, an eating disordered person
2: and that that statement comes up in that movie and it's just once you know everything and you see someone who's suffering currently mm-hmm. suffering with an eating disorder and how that comment lands wow
0: yeah So I think this is a good place to cut it off. I would love to do this with you guys again and continue this discussion. I know it was really important to a lot of the people that saw the um, promotion for it. I got a lot of comments. People were really excited to see the topic, and there's going to be a lot of people watching in the recording. So um, I'd love to do it again. So you guys, the best place to learn more is going to be by um, checking out that course that you did for MedFit,
1: correct? So actually that the movie you look great we've, we we reference that in the that's actually part of the course is to watch that oh, to get cool. to get an idea of you know really to be empathetic um, a mm-hmm. lot of i think Carly, a lot of people that we've spoken to a lot of groups we've had some really great feedback because most people i would say most people that have been to you know our lectures and sessions and workshops are people that have struggled and mm-hmm. are struggling and i think that's what is really fascinating is that not only is this a topic that we need for our clients but people need for themselves because mm-hmm. unless you can really be honest and be authentic and be truthful to who you are and you know for carly and i and for anyone who had been who has ever suffered there's a very private, very secretive, very much feeling of being alone when you try and hide and and fight these monsters, which the more we can talk about it, the more we can open the dialogue, the more we could help each other. And at the end of the day, you wanna get healthy, you wanna be a fitness professional, it's about health. Overall health is also about your eating. And your relationship with food. Mm. So relationship with the gym, relationship with food, relationship with your family, your job, everything. So this is just a part we need to really be aware of. And yes, there is, you know, we we have links um, to the course, um, which is eating disorders, what fitness professionals need to know, but not just fitness professionals. So if you're listening right now, and you're not a fitness professional, but you just want to know more of what can I do to help my sister, my friend, or my daughter, my son, whatever, it, it's for you. Um, so we'll, we could give you links to that. And then of okay. course you can always reach out to Carly or myself at any time.
2: Yep.
0: Lovely, lovely, perfect. So you will both be tagged in the show notes. We will link to Justin Andrew Davis's movie, You Look Great we will link also to the course at MedFit Network. And is that medfitnetwork.org? Yes. I think it's
1: medfitclassroom.org is oh, where that, that is, you. actually.
0: Thank you, perfect, perfect. And, and I've there's been a couple webinars with-
2: on MedFit, too. Um, like, I think there's two There's two free webinars that we did that are they oh, can find beautiful. on there. Yeah, on MedFit.
0: Perfect, perfect. All right, y'all, thank you so much. Important topic. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise. Thank you for all of your nuggets. Y'all, if you're watching live or in the replay, I really would love for you to comment with the biggest aha that you took away from this discussion. I think we can keep this discussion going in the comments if we all start to share our ahas and then talk about them. So we'll be here in the comments watching and I would love to see what you took away. All right. So with that, y'all, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.